Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, 10th of August, and the market is behaving itself as usual. When doesn't it? Up 38 today. That was on the back of Wall Street, down 107, although the Nasdaq was up a touch on the back of the futures, up 25. So we're doing okay today, pretty much as expected, a little bit better, if anything. Both banks and resources mixed. APT doing okay today, up 3.0% on the back of Square Inc., to which it is now inextricably linked, up 1.68% in the US overnight. By the way, if you can hear a bit of a bashing and banging in the background, I apologize for the owner of the house next door who's decided to do some building. I was on the ABC this morning, and rather hilariously, just as I get going, the builders turn up at the house next door, turn on their generator and start bashing and clanging. But I did actually get them back because at the time I was trying... Sorry about this long story, but it's quite amusing. I was trying to get my headset, Bluetooth headset going on my PC to work Skype on the ABC. And as I did that, I noticed that their Bluetooth speaker came up for pairing. So I paired to it. And now I'm playing a game of cat and mouse where they keep wondering why Barry Manilow keeps playing to all these big rough tough builders anyway there we go maybe a bit of buble they'll like that next I'm sure anyway I was on the ABC this morning doing my usual king with no clothes stuff on the market you have to be a little bit sensational when you're on the media or it's just boring But I was making the point, they asked me how come the market was hitting all-time highs in the middle of a pandemic. And I was making the point, I think I've done this for you before, but I'm making the point that there are two sectors in the US market, which are the biggest sectors in the US market, which are the investment banks and big technology who are absolutely loving the pandemic. And as I told everybody, if you were to go into the oak-panelled private room in the New York equivalent of the Melbourne Club and find all the CEOs of Morgan Stanley and Citibank and Goldman Sachs and Bank of America Merrill Lynch quaffing their champagne, you would find them toasting the fact that there's been a pandemic. And just to make that point, if you don't believe me, the share price of Goldman Sachs, I haven't done them all, but I've done a couple, but the share price of Goldman Sachs is up 209% in the pandemic from the bottom. It's up 61% from the pre-pandemic high, 61% in a year. The S&P 500 over the last 100 years has gone up 6.06% per annum. And since the printed money came along, starting in the GFC, it's gone up 16% per annum. And here we are with Goldman Sachs up 61% in a year and a half. At the same time, Morgan Stanley, well, forget Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley up 271%, up 78% since the top before the pandemic. If you can't tell me this has been the biggest bonanza you could possibly imagine for the US investment banks, then you've missed what's going on. They are being handed effectively free money by the Federal Reserve led by, you guessed it, an ex-Wall Street private equity financial markets leader, Jerome Powell, and being told to flood the system, be it the financial markets or the economy, with that money to hold it up. 
And on the back of that, they are making absolute fortunes. In hindsight, it's so obvious why we didn't spot it earlier, I don't know. But the golden rule here is when the governments print money by the investment banks, we have large holdings or a large holding in Macquarie and have had for quite a while. It's the next best equivalent for us, but it also tempts you to want to go and get yourself exposures that are not available in Australia, presumably through ETFs or direct shares. But anyway, investment banks absolutely flown, but not just them, the biggest stocks in the US market, the FANGs and a few others as well are the FANGs. They're about 20% of the S&P 500. They have made an absolute mozza out of the pandemic as well. Facebook is up 167% from the low and up 63% from its pre-pandemic high. Apple was once a cheap stock, up 176% since the bottom of the pandemic, up 80% from the pre-pandemic high. Note, this is the pre-pandemic high. These are extraordinary gains for massive companies. And the reason why is because people are sat in front for the big tech stocks. People are sat in front of their keyboards or their TVs, sat in front of technology, ordering on Amazon, Facebooking each other, Googling everything, using Microsoft, watching Netflix, and in their boredom, buying things on Amazon. The truth of the matter is, if you were to take the CEOs of the top 20 companies in the S&P 500 and ask them all to rate the impact of the pandemic on their profit line, out of 10, they would all write 11. In fact, they would write 20. So you wonder why the market has gone up when the pandemic is so obviously a negative for the economy. It's printed money and technology stocks being delivered an audience by lockdowns. So is it a bubble? Only history will tell. There are a couple of quotes about bubbles. One is that in a bubble, and excuse the archaic language, but every man to the lowest common denominator is making money. And on that front, apart from, of course, restaurateurs and travel companies and cafes and all those other poor businesses who are wearing the brunt of this thing, Apart from them, everybody's making money on the housing market. So there is an element of bubbliness. But the other archaic quote is that bubbles are apparent when the average man deserts his trade to devote time to speculation. And that may or may not be happening. But certainly there are a heck of a lot of people from my daughter upwards who are now speculating and failing Jemima on the stock market. So is it a bubble? Only history will tell. When will it end? If you don't know the answer to that, you aren't a member of Marcus today. We have covered that a thousand times. And if you aren't, you need to subscribe. There is a link in the strategy piece for all you non-subscribed readers. Give us a break. We are doing a lot of work here. You may think it's clever, but it's really just theft of my brain, Henry's brain, Tom's brain, Ben's brain, Chris's brain. Although when it comes to relative size, we could debate the value of some of those. Right, sorry, got distracted. Back to the strategy. There are a lot of stocks hitting one-year highs. Suncor Metway, or Suncor now group, is it what's it called? Suncor group now? Yes, yeah, Suncor group, not Suncor Metway. Suncor group hit a one-year high yesterday on results. And have a look, I've put one of those orange charts in. We use orange charts in the newsletter to show the relative performance of a stock relative to the ASX 200. So it shows you what institutions 
institutional fund managers want to see. All institutional fund managers want is to be in stocks that outperform their benchmark. And these charts show you whether they're outperforming or underperforming. So a stock may be going up. But if it's going up less than the stock market or less than the ASX 200, the chart will be going, this orange chart will be going down. So Suncorp relative to the ASX 200 has been an absolute pig of a stock and has been underperforming since 2018. And suddenly there is a turning point yesterday on results. It is come dividend as well. Might be worth a look. I haven't had a look at the stock box yet, but I have had a look at the research. Brokers aren't really that excited. The average broker target price only three and a half percent above the current share price and some quite mixed views in there so maybe it's not a raging buy maybe some of the income investors might have a look actually whilst we're there let's just have a quick look at the stock box and there we go a bit of a yield 4.6 percent yield that's on numbers before they announced their dividend special dividend and buyback yesterday so that's an out of date yield number so it'll be higher than that so yes is worth chasing it on a yield front and there is an element of insurers particularly home and contents insurers as well as motor insurers all of which Suncorp do and travel insurance where insurance companies have had a much reduced level of claims because everyone's sitting at home and not crashing their car so it might well be a bit of a turning point for insurance companies or they might at least have good results that's at least what Suncorp did yesterday but as I say brokers not that excited we've also got mineral resources ahead of results tomorrow hitting a one-year high Telstra hitting a one-year high. Mind you, the market's hitting a one-year high, so a lot of stocks will be hitting a one-year high. Also, Wes Farmers, Woolworths, ResMed, Sonic Healthcare, NIB Holdings, Medibank, lots of stocks. They are pumped up and ready to rumble ahead of results, or is that tumble after results? We will see risks to the downside, as Henry says in Henry's take today. James Hardy up 3.9% to a record high on results today, which include record sales numbers. Stock's up 30% this year. Challenger down a touch today. The CEO has unexpectedly resigned. Profit fell 19% until interest rates go solidly higher, which they won't probably ever. CGF's not got much of a margin. We've seen ANZ consumer confidence drop below 100 for the first time in eight months today. A symptom of lockdowns, no doubt. And there are a few other little results today. CBA, by the way, has announced discounts for customers, CBA customers. I think you get six months free using Klarna's, which is their partner in BNPL, Klarna's online payment system. They are trying to come after APT, but the APT share price clearly doesn't care. Up 3% today. A little stock I hold PA. PA is an expression used in the industry meaning personal account. A stock I hold PA, if you hear that expression, up 14% today. EM Vision. These are the guys who have been developing a portable medical imaging brain scanner for use in standard ambulances and aircraft. The main purpose, of course, is to detect stroke and treat it appropriately. The problem with stroke is that there are two types I'm probably simplifying here, but there are two types and the treatment for each is diametrically opposite. And until you get a brain scan, they can't tell how to treat you. But with this portable medical device, they'll be treating you immediately in an ambulance or an aircraft. And of course, the time between diagnosis and or the time between a stroke and diagnosis is critical to prevent permanent long-term damage. 
and maybe one day we'll see this portable device in every ambulance by which time the EMV share price will not be at the current share price. Of course it doesn't earn anything, it's got no fundamentals, it's just spending money developing at the moment. The ex-CEO of Nanosonics is on the board by the way. Uh, so no earnings but let's not let earnings get in the way of a share price. It would be so 1956 to allow that. That by the way is when the intelligent investor was written. Right, lithium stocks flying along today. Orocobre up 9%. Pilbara Minerals up 9.3%. Galaxy Resources up 9%. Mineral Resources up 2.9%. You might remember Macquarie wrote a piece of research recently where they had an outperform recommendation on every stock. JP Morgan has done the same thing. They say the lithium commodity complex is one of the few remaining in our coverage where there is meaningful upside, likely over the medium term given the strong demand backdrop. They predict a 19% per annum increase in demand for lithium over the next 10 years driven by the demand for, you guessed it, electric vehicles and batteries. And they raised their lithium price by 31% or their forecast, although there's a bit of a catch up going on there. Anyway, lithium stocks flying again. It's never ending, is it? Uh, Also on the move to electric vehicles on climate change, the IPCC have put out a report today. You are doubtless going to read this in your newspapers and see it on your TV today. They are getting a lot of press coverage. It is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Let me sum it up for you. Fossil fuels are evil. That report out today. I won't run through it all. I've provided the link to the IPCC report and I was terribly impressed until I watched the IPCC press conference Zoom meeting. I leave you to judge it for yourselves. There's a link to the IPCC press conference Zoom meeting in the strategy piece today. They had a lot of credibility until they displayed their utter incompetence. (laughs) with technology. Anyway, I have written a piece today repeating a lot of stuff, I think, about the CBA and the banks and their buybacks, and Henry's written about it in Henry's take today after the Suncor Metway special dividend, bigger dividend, and share buyback. He calls it the holy trinity, having all those three together, and speculates that there are a number of stocks that are going to do something similar, starting with CBA tomorrow, CBA's dividend decision. What they do with the payout ratio will be very interesting. Will they return it to pre-pandemic levels of around 85 to 95% or not? All the other banks will doubtless follow whatever they do. But we are expecting a 3% buyback, which would be $5 billion on top of a dividend, maybe a special dividend. And as Henry notes, the share buybacks are quite a good ploy for the banks because once you pay a dividend, it goes through the one-way valve and never comes back. Well, it, I suppose it does if they have another hybrid issue that everybody subscribes to. But the cash disappears on the dividend, whereas with a share buyback, they announce a $5 billion, share, $5 billion share buyback. And then it's at their discretion when they do it, if they do it, and they can change their mind later. So buybacks probably preferred to paying hard, cold cash as dividends anyway. 
The results are low risk, you've got to assume. The housing market's booming. They can add back provisions taken over the pandemic, over provided during the pandemic. Loan growth has returned and they have got nothing else to spend their money on. The only thing holding the bank sector back at, at the moment is they are, in brackets, very expensive relative to history on PE, but I struggle to know whether that's because it's a pandemic subdued E or a high P bottom line. They are a bit up there at the moment, but there's nothing bank specific to upset set the sector. CVA's results should be good. Anyway, famous last words ahead of the results tomorrow. The most damaging thing for the banks from here would be the market falling over because they are a bit up there rather than the banks doing something wrong. They've become really rather simple businesses offloading non-core assets and sticking to their knitting. Also, by the way, on the banks, Westpac sold their insurance business yesterday for 900 million. Macquarie say that has given them material surplus capital and scope for buybacks and improved returns. They will doubtless announce their own buyback soon. Uh, We have a quarterly update, by the way, from NAB. Not tomorrow, I think the day after. It's only the CBA with main results and dividends. Right, uh, just to keep you amused ahead of the bank's results, I have put in the recent search from brokers the summary for each bank and I've also put in my orange charts performance relative to the ASX 200 and the interesting part of that is that all the banks except for the CBA which has been flying relative to the market have been underperforming since February this year I bet you didn't know that but you thought they were all outperforming didn't you I've also put in some post results research from Transurban which is looking pretty sick relative to the market not the most exciting stock in the world ResMed after its results flying along but broker target price is pretty subdued and REA Group, brokers are a little bit more optimistic, outperforming relatively, looks okay. And if you missed it yesterday because we had a bit of a internet issue at home, one of my colleagues, uh, we got the On The Desk podcast from Chris, Tom and Ben up on the website rather late yesterday. So I've put a link to that podcast at the bottom of the strategy piece today. For those of you that missed it, I can see that it hasn't had as many clicks as usual because it went up a bit late. So I've re-provided that link. I've also provided the ABC video from this morning, which I know is in the top of the newsletter for those new eyeballs arriving at lunchtime. Have a look at that. When I started talking to you in this podcast, the market was up 38. It is now rather sadly only up eight. As I leave you, Dow futures down 63. I was supposed to, if you're feeling locked down, I was supposed to be in Cairns, flying to Cairns today to jump on a GPZ, is it a GPZ? 400 Suzuki and riding to Cape York, the northernmost part of Queensland. But of course, that hasn't happened, right? that's about that and I think I'll just put on a bit of Dolly Parton for the builders next door they should enjoy that you have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow Working.